we need to experience the full power of the church. And this is, this is kind of its most basic expression. And a lot of times we can really downplay how important it is for us to feel and experience that power. And that's what we want to, to really begin to stir up. Welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called A House for Community, where we provide households with personal coaching for how to build a community and turn your home into a hub for community relationships. So if you're interested in learning more about A Thousand Houses or checking out some of our other resources, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. In 1 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Or later on in 2 Timothy, he also wrote to his protege, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What Paul is talking about here is that one of the biggest responsibilities that we have when we're mentoring or coaching people is to encourage them to stir up their spiritual gifts that they have. And this is a huge part of what, what happens or what it's all about for us to gather together as a community. It's for us to experience the gifts of others that build up the body. In order to do that, you've got to stir up those gifts. A lot of us read that last verse that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But we don't recognize that it's actually written in the context of this conversation around how do you stir up the gifts. That fear that we feel or that kind of timidity uh, comes from our belief that we are not necessary for the body, that, that we're, kind of being, we're kind of holding back our gifts. And so a lot of what we're trying to help people come out of in the context of a gathering is that fear that they, that they don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline or of sound mind. You can do this. You have if within you these spiritual gifts. And so it's so important for us to learn how to stir up those gifts. So how do we do that? How do we stir up the gifts of the body when we gather? Well, the first thing we like to do is just to set that tone. We talk about how important it is at the beginning of a gathering to explain to people that we need you. What is this? We are bringing the gifts together. And so we want, we want to really experience that. And we need you guys to step out. Do not be afraid. A second thing is we just need to pray. A lot of times I'll just say at the beginning of a gathering after we set the tone is I'll just say, Holy Spirit, stir up the gifts of the body right now in Jesus' name. Like bring power into this, into this room. We need these gifts to be stirred up, to be fanned into flame. And so we're asking the Holy Spirit to, to breathe on this gathering. We're dedicating the time to him. We're asking him to show up and to, for us to experience those gifts so that you're helping people come out of that fear, come out of that timidity, into the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, another thing that we need to be constantly be telling people is you have gifts, and we need them. And so not only like, do we need you, but it's, it's important for them to identify you, you, you have, you're stewarding a part of what this gathering needs. And so there, there's a part, of, a part of us that's in you, and so we need you to, to really bring that out. You need to trust the Holy Spirit with that. A third way to stir up the gifts is just to teach about gifts. 
we want to be talking to our, our the community and any kind of gathering, if, especially if you sense that people are holding back, we, we need to be asking each other, like, what are the gifts here? What do you guys feel like you have? What do you, how can we encourage each other? What have you seen from the other people here? When have you experienced encouragement? We did this uh, at a gathering a couple of weeks ago. And so we just went around and let people share, like, what, what are the gifts they feel like they have? And then we let, as, as they kind of completed that, people just encouraged them. And what really blew me away was in each case, there were different people, uh, different parts of the community, different parts of the body that would just encourage and said, hey, I remember two months ago when you said this, and that really does represent that gift you described, or I know this gift is, is in you because I see it bearing fruit over and over again in our community. Um, one of the things that, uh, one of the, the ways that I like to teach the gifts, especially the Romans 12 gifts, is through this little illustration uh, that I just call the turkey test. And so imagine it's Thanksgiving time, and I'll say this in a gathering. Like imagine it's Thanksgiving and, um, you know, let's say a mom has been spending all day working on a turkey and it's like perfect, that kind of perfect golden brown, and she brings it out of the oven and she's carrying it over to uh, to the, the table and all of a sudden, you know, something happens and she slips and the turkey just plops on the floor. Everyone around the table... Uh, suddenly will have a reaction. And I remember I saw this sort of like actually um, described in a, in a visual way where there was this little thought bubble uh, on, the, on the top of every person. And each thought bubble represented one of the spiritual gifts. There was a reaction people had, okay? So for the person with the gift of service, they're just running into the kitchen immediately. Like they're looking for a way to help. They want to physically be there to help. Somebody with the gift of encouragement is just saying, oh, don't feel bad, it's okay, it's okay, there's lots of good food here, you know, we'll recover it. Um, somebody with the gift of teaching, and they might not say this, but they might be thinking, oh, well, that happens when the center of gravity suddenly shifts from one side to the other, you know, so they, they want to, there's a part of them that wants to, like, ex- figure out what happened and explain uh, how this is working. And so um, the gift of the person with mercy or compassion just wants to put their arm around that person and say, it's okay, you know, but they want to physically be there with the person um, and so we just talked about each of the gifts in the context of the turkey test, and it was funny because in our gathering, you know, people had those reactions when we told the story. And so that can be an easy way to, to teach the gifts. How would you want? To, how would you respond? What's naturally in you that the Holy Spirit's put there that sort of comes out in those moments, and how might that really minister to our gathering? Another way to stir up the gifts is to bring in people that have a mature version of a gift that you want to see stirred up. And so if, if somebody's learning to lead worship and you want them to sort of apprentice with somebody, say, hey, for a couple of our next gatherings, we're going to bring in this person and they're going to apprentice. I've, I've brought in people that are mature in other spiritual gifts that just, that they minister to the body. And I especially want to pay attention to if there's somebody in our, in our gathering or in the body that has a similar gift, but maybe um, they're newer at it and they're not as mature. And so they apprentice with that person as they minister to our body and they demonstrate what it's like to minister to our body with that gift. So bring in those with mature gifts uh, into, the, into the gathering from time to time. Um, make it a safe place to practice. One of the things that happens a lot of times is with spiritual gifts is people feel like they have to get, you know, 10 out of 10, get 100% on the test, you know, the first time they open their mouth. And of course, this is very intimidating. And this is a lot of what I feel like maybe Timothy was struggling with that Paul was saying, hey, don't be like that. Like stir up those gifts, like let it out. You have within you the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of this requires the, the person that is maybe newer at expressing their gifts. Um, they, they need to, to overcome that. And so a lot of times we have to say to people, like, this is a safe place to practice. Like if there's something that kind of goes off the rails, we'll, we'll gently bring it back. 
We just want you guys to feel like this is a place where you can fully release your gifts. We need, again, we need you. We need your gifts to be activated here. It's okay to practice here. Another thing is we need to encourage and celebrate when people take those steps of faith. And so when, you, when someone does that, oftentimes it, you know, they'll say something maybe for the first time. And then you know, we might kind of continue the, the, the discussion. It's really good, especially as the person who might be hosting the gathering, to sort of say, hey, guys, I just want to pause for a second and say, thank you so much for doing that. Like what you just did, that was powerful. Um, that really is important. Please, like that, we need that. So, okay, we can keep going. I just wanted to say thank you. That was awesome. That, it's important to actually grab the floor and encourage that person in some way because they may, have, they may be just, just coming out and that may really help them feel, yeah, I can do this. So celebrate those times. Another thing that's kind of tricky when you're trying to stir up the gifts is allowing for silence. Sometimes we just need to stop the noise and let a few minutes of silence settle on the group because something really interesting often happens in a time of silence. The next person who speaks, oftentimes it's, it's kind of coming from a different place. And so if things kind of are winding down in the gathering and you're like, I'm not sure where they should go next, we need to coach our, our communities that it's okay for us to go into a bit of silence and just listen together for the Holy Spirit and not feel like we have to fill all the gaps. Um, and so le- allowing silence is a really big deal. And then the last thing is that we, we need to thoughtfully share specific examples of ways that the gifts are, can function in a context of a gathering, so uh, and, and in a context of the community. So I use the turkey test, but that's sort of in the context of a Thanksgiving dinner. How does this work when we're gathering? And so you might want to you might want to sort of just seed that from time to time and say, okay, if you have the gift of teaching, then please come in here with the thought or the, uh, trying to answer the question, what scripture is really meaningful to me that I feel like the Holy Spirit is asking me to unveil to the community. If you have the gift of mercy, like who needs prayer in this room? Who needs encouragement? If you have the gift of exhortation, what truths are we neglecting? Do you notice there's a truth that may be like really stirring up within you that, that needs to be reinforced? Discernment, what spirits are trying to take get inroads in here? You know, what, 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 are, what are those kind of evil spirits or what are those what, what is the Holy Spirit trying to do? Like discern that with us. Evangelism, how do we enfold people better? How do we make sure this is a place that is comfortable uh, for those who God's calling into our community? Healing, who can I pray over tonight? What are the needs here physically? What am I feeling? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me about each person? So these are just questions that you can, from time to time, sort of just like um, present to the group and say, you know, th- these are examples of things that you might come into the gathering um, asking. And, and if none of those really resonate with you or you have different gifts than anything that, that I've mentioned, just like throw it out there. And let's, as a, as a community, let's try to brainstorm what are questions that you might need to be asking while we're gathering that would help unleash your gift in the context of the community. So these are, these are basically the ways in which we want to experience the, the gifts and we want to constantly stir them up because we need to experience the full power of the church. And this is, this is kind of its most basic expression. And a lot of times we can really downplay how important it is for us to feel and experience that power. And that's what we want to, to really begin to stir up. And uh, my favorite uh, probably um, writing that C.S. Lewis ever did on the church um, was in the Screwtape, Screwtape Letters. And if you guys don't, aren't familiar with that book, it's an incredible book. But basically C.S. Lewis is imagining that a, a senior devil is writing to a junior devil about how to, um, how to tempt and how to discourage this, this person. And over the course of the letters, the person becomes a Christian. And so Screwtape 
is very upset about the fact that this person has become a Christian. And in this letter, um, the person just converted, um, became a believer, and and so he's trying to explain to Wormwood, how do you get the upper hand now that he's he's a person of faith? And he really puts his eyes on, you gotta turn him against the church. It's interesting what he writes. Let me just read this to you guys. I love this, this uh, um, this little uh, this little passage, this little letter. He says, one of our greatest allies at present is the church itself. Do not misunderstand me. I do not mean the church as we see her, spread out through all time and space and rooted in eternity, terrible as an army with banners. That, I confess, is a spectacle which makes our boldest tempters uneasy. But fortunately, it is quite invisible to these humans. All your patient sees is the half-finished sham Gothic erection on the new building estate. When he goes inside, he sees the local grocer with rather an oily expression on his face, bustling up to offer him one shiny little book containing liturgy, which neither of them understand, and, uh, um, and one shabby little book containing corrupt texts of a number of religious lyrics, mostly bad and in very small print. When he gets to his pew and looks around, he sees just the selection of his neighbors whom he has hitherto avoided. You want to lean pretty heavily on those neighbors. Make his mind flit to and fro between an expression like the body of Christ and the actual faces in the next pew. Work hard then on the disappointment or anti-climax, which is certainly coming to the patient during his first few weeks as a Christian. The enemy allows this disappointment to occur on the threshold of every human endeavor. What I love about the picture that Lewis is painting here is he's saying there is this glorious church that is, that is like an army marching under banners that just terrifies the enemy. And then there's what it actually looks like to a human, which is people that are uh, struggling. You know, and he's obviously talking about more of a traditional worship service, but in, in the context of that, he's like, he's really looking at the, he's saying, look at the people. Look at what the body of Christ really is. It's these people you really don't want to be friends with. It's these people that really aren't exhibiting any power. And what's interesting to me is that, you know, it's, it's important, and what obviously the prescription is for this new believer, is for them to pierce through that, you know, that visage into seeing what the reality of the church is and all of its power and all of its beauty and all of its strength. And that's really what we're trying to do by stirring up these gifts. We're trying to get a vision for the beauty of the church. And so sometimes you'll have a gathering where you just experience that at a, at a really climactic level. You'll begin to experience all these gifts. You're, you'll, you'll leave saying, wow, isn't the church powerful? Isn't the body amazing? Isn't God's design of the church incredible? And then there's going to be gatherings where you're just going to get annoyed at people, frustrated. It's going to feel clunky. And, the, you know, everything seemed to be misfiring. Those are going to happen as well, and part of that is a test for us to be able to hold on with faith to the reality of what the church really is. And so it's important that we understand that this is kind of the enemy's strategy. I think Lewis is really uh, unveiling this really in a, in a great way, which is, it, which is to really look at the challenges, the humanness of the church, and then to mistake that for, for all that there is. There really isn't any power. And so we want to overcome that by having times where we, we really have successfully stirred up the gifts in powerful ways and, and have experienced that body. So what is, it, what is it like? What are the things that for you, um, you feel like you could potentially do in the context of a gathering to stir up the gifts? What are some of the steps 
um, that, you know, that I shared or that you've thought of that might really help people discover who they are in the body and release that for the building up of everyone. We, we, again, we read in 1 Corinthians 14 that the purpose of the gifts is not to build up the individual, but to, to build up the body. And so that's, that, that's going to require some coaching. Paul does a great job of really trying to coach that into the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 14. How are, how are you doing? What are some things that you can do in the next few gatherings that's going to really help uh, coach people? So take some time. Think about that. You can journal about that. We'd love to talk to you guys about that because this is going to be a regular part of the process of building up our skill at gathering together and releasing the gifts. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you and your family are sensing any kind of calling or a pool to maybe go down this path in community, we'd love to be a resource to you as you explore this. So if that's you, we want to invite you to join our coaching intensive called A House for Community, where we're going to combine online content and personal coaching for you to provide you with the teaching and the tools and definitely the encouragement that you're going to need to see your home become a house for healthy kingdom relationships. For more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash community coaching. We'll see you guys for the next episode.